A reading from the third chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with verse 15. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added to this to them all. He locked John up in prison. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The words of Scripture of our hymnody. The tradition of the church is that Jesus was without sin and had nothing to repent of when He came to the Jordan and was baptized by John. So the age-old question that has been asked over and over and over and over again is why then was the Son of God baptized? I've told you before that the greatest answer I have ever heard to this question, I heard in a Gospels class that was taught by the Reverend Dr. Ginger Barfield who came and preached here last year. And her answer was, because he was, get over it. (laughs) The only fault I find in that answer is I'm not sure we should get over it. We should get over the question, certainly. Because maybe it's not meant for us to understand why Jesus came and gave Himself to baptism. But I think that one thing is true. Every great leader, instead of separating themselves from their people, has stood with their people. Am I right? The people whose leadership we revere, whether in our families or as a president, has always been that person who would stoop down and identify with the people. That's what Paul says Jesus did. He came down from heaven and gave up His glory, submitted Himself to our death, and even worse, to death on a cross. And surely in the midst of that, Paul has in mind that He gave Himself even to the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, though He needed it not. And I think in doing so, He was showing us that He was with us And not only that He was with us, but that He was for us. 
The other thing that I know about great leaders is that they never ask their people to do anything that they won't do. Great leaders never ask their people to do something that they won't do themselves. And we see that in Jesus. An interesting thing to me is I'm going to assume that if Jesus was the Son of God, then He had powers that we don't really know about. Because according to Luke's Gospel and John and Matthew's Gospel, all that He did, He did in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down on Him when He was 30 years old and His ministry began. And up until then, we don't know a thing that Jesus did except for when He went to the temple and argued with the priests. Jesus received the Holy Spirit and began to do ministry. And then at the end of His ministry with us, He commanded us to baptize so that we too could receive the Holy Spirit. So maybe the right answer to why was the Son of God baptized is that it was for Him. So that He could be assigned to us of the power of God that lived in Him. The same power of God that's available to us through our baptism. So maybe it's for Him and for us. So then why our baptism? Is it just so that we can be washed of our sins? Is it just so that we can get into heaven? Is it just so that we can be part of the kingdom of God? Or might there be some deeper meaning for us? Might it mean that we too can receive the Holy Spirit and then our baptism becomes for others? The fathers of the church have long taught that we do the things that we do as the church because we've been commanded to do them. But they've also taught that we do them because we've been empowered to do them by the gift of God's Spirit. Not a different Holy Spirit than that which Jesus received, but the same Holy Spirit because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Spirit who empowered Jesus in the wilderness empowers us in our wilderness. And yet over and over, Jesus said He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Jesus makes it plain that He came to us and for us. Which makes me wonder if possibly our baptism isn't really for us at all, but for others. So that we can be empowered to do the things that Jesus did to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. When we come to the font and are baptized, there are promises that are upheld for us. In our liturgy, we're told this, Brothers and sisters, in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We're incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation, given new birth through water and the Spirit, and that all of this is God's gift, offered to us without price. And later, after we've baptized and laid on of hands for people, we pray these words, Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives. That dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in His final victory. Those are the words we pray as I hold my hands over the water. Praying that just as the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters of creation in Genesis 1, that God will hover, hover over the waters of the font 
at one Adna Drive. That there can be new creation. And that those who come to the font can be renewed in their lives. And then we lay hands on someone, having baptized them, and we speak these words. The Holy Spirit worked within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And in the pairing of Christ's command, in the pairing of John's baptism, in the baptism of Jesus, and Jesus' command to baptize, Jesus' command to us to go out and baptize all the world and teach them to follow Him, hidden in that command is this idea that somehow Christ is going to work through the waters of baptism to empower us to change people's lives. And it's a little bit scary, isn't it? Baptism is easier to deal with when it's just about being a member of the church. It's easier to deal with when it doesn't really lay claim to us. It's just something that the preacher says we has to do. But when we're confronted with the reality that Jesus said to do it, It opens it up to being a mystery, to something deeper, something more important, something with power and something with the ability to do something in us that we'll never understand. That's why we call it a sacrament. Sacrament is the English version of a Latin word that's a translation of a Greek word, mysterion, which means mystery. So when someone comes, we celebrate with them the mystery of holy baptism. That somehow through the blessing of water, the Holy Spirit comes and hovers over the water. And when the water is put on a person in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are forever changed. The Spirit poured out into their lives to empower them to do, as Jesus said, greater things than even He had done. Which ought to terrify us. Which ought to make us wonder, where are those greater things? It ought to make us want them. Because dear ones, baptism was for Him. It's for us and it's for others. We are baptized for the sake of the world so that we can be in ministry to the world. So that the world might come to the waters of baptism and receive new life in Christ. It means more than we can ever imagine. More than we could ever hope for. If you're willing, I want to give you some references to write on your bulletin. If you've got a pen or a pencil in the pew pad, I want you to look these up later. Write down Acts 2. 37 through 38 is part of Peter's first sermon. After Peter spoke and the people who knew that he had been this this guy who was scared to do anything and they saw him speak, they were cut to the heart and they said, what should we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far away. 1 Peter 3, 18 through 22 Peter talks about Noah being saved through the waters and through the ark. 
And he says this about it. He said, baptism, which Noah prefigured, which Noah's ark in the water prefigured. Peter says, baptism saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism saves you. Romans 6, 1 through 6, in there Paul says that in the waters of baptism we die to self and are raised to new life in Christ. First Corinthians twelve thirteen, in that verse Paul tells us that because we're baptized into Christ, we have clothed ourselves with Christ. We have the righteousness of Christ like a garment that we can wear. In Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, Paul tells us that Jesus gives us baptism to make us holy. To cleanse us with the washing of water and by the Word. Titus 3, 4 through 8, little tiny book of the Bible that not very many people read. It said, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to His mercy through the water of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. It's code words for baptism. Look at those later and read them and ponder your own baptism. And the last thing I want to say before we come to the font. When you come, Sarah will meet you at the font to mark your head and say, remember your baptism and be thankful. I want to tell you what that phrase means. It comes from an idea that the Greek word for is anamnesis. And it doesn't mean to remember that you were baptized. It means to remember that you are baptized. The truth is, at some point you came to a font, to a big tank in the back of a church, to a swimming pool, to a lake, to a river, wherever it happened for you. And you were either poured water over or sprinkled or dunked underwater. And on that day you truly were baptized, but on this day you are baptized. As you come to the font, let it shift your thinking. To have Sarah say to you, remember your baptism and be thankful means that you were baptized now. Not that you were baptized. Not that something happened to you long ago that changed your life, but that something happens to you now. That you presently are baptized. Martin Luther said we're walking around wet. He said that every time we wash ourselves, we should remember that we are baptized. So as a final thing, And hopefully, if none of the rest of it made sense, I hope this does. Don't remember that you have been baptized. Remember that you are baptized. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.